My name is Melinda Butler. I'm an attorney with Butler Law Firm. The longer I practiced law, the more I recognized the confusion that existed around the rights of parents and grandparents involved in Department of Social Services legal matters. For that reason, I started Facebook Live in November of 2019 and this podcast in October of 2020 called Family Strong to build your family unit through character, integrity, and knowledge for parents and grandparents in the legal issues of the DSS system. Hey, good afternoon on this Friday. Melinda Butler with Family Strong Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I am going to talk to you about some medical records access just to um, educate you on what the law says as far as your ability to access your child's records, not just medical records, but also the school records. So um, there's a statute, there's a particular statute, as you know, or, or maybe you don't, and that's why I'm here to, to teach you. Um, thank you for that thumbs up, Courtney. I love you very much, girl. Uh, so let me talk to you about 63-7-1640. Um, 63-7-1640. That's a code of laws for South Carolina, and it is the... Hmm. Well, here I go, getting very excited. It's the wrong law pulled up. But anyway, me and Heather's then went through uh, several laws since that time, since I pulled it up. So that's the wrong wrong section. Let me tell you the right section. 63-15-260. That's the one we're talking about. 63-15-260. So um, what 63-15-260 what tells us, and, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit speedy today because I've got a two o'clock emergency here and scheduled on this Friday afternoon um, that I will that I'll join in just a few minutes. So um, anyway, this statute tells us that a parent absent a court order to the contrary has the absolute right to access to the medical records and the educational records for their child. So um, in this context that we always talk about here on Family Strong Podcast, it is um, in a way of you've entered into a safety plan with DSS for somebody else to be protective over your children while they investigate, or you've entered into a kinship care agreement for somebody else to be protective over the kids during the time that you, uh, DSS is involved, or there's a court order that's actually removed your kids and put them in somebody else's care. Whichever the context is, if someone else has been in a uh, uh, put over your children for um, uh, for protective capacity or placed with your children. Um, this statute right here tells us that it does not matter as far as your ability to access your child's records. So if, if there's some school records that you need to get because you want to be able to show to DSS or your guardian ad litem or the court or whoever, um, you know, that I had my child in school every day before DSS got involved. My child was not late for school. If my child missed school, I had a medical appoint, uh, a medical excuse for that. And so if you're blocked from getting those school records, because a lot of times what happens is the school and the medical provider, they really don't know um, they're, they're confused as to the statute and they think that when DSS is involved that you've lost your rights to your child and you've lost medical records rights to be able to um, get your access to these records. Well, that's not true. That's, that's completely contrary to what the statute tells us. So uh, we're going to put the statute 
in the show notes at the end so that you can read it yourself. But essentially, it says that you have the same right to obtain all educational and medical records, both parents do, um, and to participate in the children's school activities and extracurricular activities held in public locations unless prohibited by an order of the court. So uh, that is the last part of that, the right to participate um, unless prohibited. Um, If you've got an order where the the supervision is required and it specifically says who can supervise your children, um, then are, the question becomes, and I, I can't tell you the exact answer because it might be that it's a, a case-by-case situation. However, I will tell you that the court order has to be very clear that you cannot go to that public location to see your child because otherwise you're, you're still in a public location by this order, this, this statute here, this law that says that you have the right to participate in the child's school activities and extracurricular that are held in public locations unless you're specifically prohibited by the court order. Um, The key to this is, though, that um, when you go, so say, for example, that your child has been taken to a therapist um, during the course of the DSS investigation, uh, then and your child has talked to a medical provider, then this statute right here says that you have the right to um, obtain, it actually uses the word obtain, all educational and medical records of your minor child. So let me uh, caveat here for just a minute. Let me stop right here for just a minute and kind of go off track and tell you what I think I um, maybe have not made clear on the previous podcast here, because I am all about therapists. I, I am a big fan of therapy in the right context. Um, I am very thankful for therapy as I have worked through things in my adult life. I never attended therapy as a child, though, and that's probably a very good thing I have found out along the way because had I went to a therapist as a child, I probably would not have grown up in my family context. I would have been removed had I actually went to a therapist as a child and and told my therapist, you know, my childhood life, even though it wasn't bad from my perspective at all. um, It, I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was very much love in my my childhood perspective, even though the whole dynamics of my family and um, uh, uh, the, the, the drug use, the domestic violence, all the other stuff that come into play, it, it still there was much love in that in that household all the way, no doubt. So if I had gone to a therapist as a child, though, knowing what I know now and what I'm teaching you here today, Therapists are mandated reporters. What that means that even if you take your child, mama, to a private therapist that you're paying um, to have therapy sessions, there's the the statute. How do we have about the paper out there? Um, and there's actually we're going we're going to put you a link to it. Um, it. It says mandated reporters of child abuse and neglect, and there are certain um, professionals. And I think it even says. Uh, even funeral directors. It's kind of strange in that in that capacity. Um, that was one that stood out to me as I reread the statute today. Um, that have they they have to report if they um, have a reason to believe that a child is being abused or neglected. So understand that um, in the whole context that uh, therapists are mandated reporters. What mandated means is that if a therapist 
has knowledge that abuse or neglect is taking place of a child and they don't report it, they could go to jail for that. So just keep that in mind as you talk to um, take, you know, if you're thinking about taking your child to see a therapist, you got to you got to consider all the dynamics of it. And that's what we're here for is kind of teach you the law and not telling you what to do, what not to do. But you be informed of what what your ramifications are if your child goes in and discloses abuse and neglect there. So let me continue to talk about this um, this statute that gives you the ability to get a equal access to the medical or educational records. Because as I stated in the beginning, a lot of providers, school school officials, doctor offices, their personnel are not informed of this statute, or if they are, they're confused on this statute. So a lot of times they will believe that you don't have the right um, if your children have been removed in some capacity. So the um, the best way to handle that, you know, we're, we're here all about empowering you, teaching you to know uh, to know your rights. So a lot of times if the providers think that you don't know your rights, then you're not going to make any kind of difference to them. They're not going to think twice about you. They're just going to hold their hand up and say, no, that's um, that's not what we're going to do. I'm sorry. So you're going to be protective of yourself and show them that you do know your rights and you're going to hand them the law because you um, once we put the statute up there and I've already told it to you, you can print that out. Um, and then if they're still refusing after that, then you want, you want to make a paper trail. You want it to be in writing that they're refusing and so even if, so you're going to ask that, um, that, doc, that very nice doctor's office, you know, you're going to ask them, I'm saying very nice, a little bit sarcastically, but you're going to ask them um, to give you that no in writing. You're going to ask them to give you where they declined in writing. Well, they're not going to give it to you in writing, most likely. So then you're going to follow up with them in writing. You're going to send them an email or a fax, um, however you get in touch with them in writing, even if you have to drop it off in writing, just handwrite it and drop it off and say, per our conversation this morning, it is my understanding that you are refusing to release my child's records to me. And if I am wrong, I'm going to assume that I'm right if you don't respond back to me in writing. So if I'm wrong, you need to respond back to me in writing. That way you're creating a paper trail. Also, they know that you're informed of the law. They know that you're informed of your rights. Last thing, be nice. Don't get out there and act a fool and think that you're going to have something good happen. That's You can't. There's never anything good going to come from that. You're going to end up in jail. Something you know, going to end up that somebody's going to be a witness against you and, and something or another. I've, I've seen it happen too many times, too many times. So um, we, we watched this clip before coming on, uh, the clip from uh, Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze, where he's uh, counseling his uh, bouncers as to how to handle the patrons when they get unruly. And he just he stresses it be nice. Be nice. You can handle it without getting um, angry, without using nasty bad words. You do not have to do it that way. Just understand that you're creating your paper trail. Understand it, as you go into it that you're probably getting a no from it and that you're just going to create the paper trail to go from there so that when you finally do get assistance involved, hopefully they can work from the paper trail that you have. But be nice. It never pays to, um, to, to use choice language in dealing with any of these situations. And not just for the person that you're dealing with, but for yourself. 
um, we we have to learn to you know just take in stuff. Don't let it don't let it change us. I teach my 19 year old daughter um, all the time. We do not go to that level. We take the higher road always, no matter what the next person does. They do not determine how we react. We determine that ourselves. So we're going ahead and going into it with that mindset. Whatever you do, Mama. I always go into it with that mindset that nobody's going to take you down from that road that you're on. They're not going to make your character be different. We're building up your character. You're going to maintain high integrity as you walk through the system and walk through the process as hard as it might be. But you know what the word tells us is that perseverance creates character. So we're bringing that on. We'll ask it, bring it on, bring it on so that we can create more character, more perseverance, more character. Bring it, bring it. So until next time, I'm going to jump on my emergency hearing and I will see you again next week. Thank you for joining me. Hope you have a wonderful weekend.